but we almost done made it through the year. God been good. He been better than good. Hallelujah. Glory, glory. Hallelujah. Since I laid burden down. Hey, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Since I have you laid your burden down. Amen. Let's get a Lord a hand praise. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Let everybody to stand. Praise the Lord. We're getting ready to go into our message. But before we do that, I just want to read a scripture to remind us here in Galatians 5.22 says that, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, is peace, and it's joy, everlasting, kindness, good, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are in Christ have what? Crucified the flesh with its passion and desire. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Lord, we thank you for the reading of your word this morning. Amen. Are you ready for the word? Are you ready for the word? Amen. Amen. So right now, I don't have to introduce to you. This is our pastor, powerful, lovable, elder, pastor, Jerry C. Wright. Amen. So as he come forth, let's give him a big old amen and a hand praise. Amen. Praise the Lord, saints. Amen. All right. If you have your Bibles, or you can just read along, read along silently um, if it's posted on the screen there, but uh, like for you to turn to John, the first chapter, the Gospel of John, first chapter. And I'm going to read verses uh, 15 through 23. 15 through 23. John testified about him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. For of his fullness we have all received, and grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father, he has explained him. This is the testimony of John 
when the Jews went to him, sent to him priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? And he confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. They asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he said and answered, no. Then they said to him, who are you? So that we may give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am a voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as Isaiah the prophet said. You will bow with me in a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you once again for your word, and we thank you for the message from on high. Lord, we simply ask that the people's hearts and minds prepare to hear you, not me, but you, Father. Hear your voice, Father, ringing within their souls to encourage them, Lord, if they need encouraging, to convict if they need convicting. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Once again, we follow along with our our Sunday school lessons, and uh, we've come to a new quarter where now it's the winter quarter, amen, and it's the first lesson in the winter quarter, and guess what book we're studying from? John, I know y'all happy, all right, John, remember we spent, what, three years on John, (laughs) and now we come right back to John, (laughs) all right, I know y'all happy, so we're talking, uh, coming from John once again, amen, and the title of uh, this lesson, if you read it from the expositor or our Sunday school material, is the testimony of John. But I've kind of changed it, of course, once again. And, and the title that I give you today is Don't See Me, See Jesus. Don't see me, but see Jesus. Amen. Don't see me, see Jesus. As I stated, our fall quarter, if you remember, and I kept pressing this point, our fall quarter was titled The Preparation of a Nation. However, this winter quarter is the preparation of Jesus's disciples. The focus seemed to shift from uh, a broader group of people to a more specific group of folks. It's almost the analogy of rather than uh, focusing on America, now we're talking about a region. Rather than a state, we're talking about a city. Rather than all folks, we're talking about church. Amen. There's an old analogy that says that the world is an ocean. And if the world is an ocean, then the church is a boat. There's no problem, right, with with the boat being in the ocean. That's not a problem. But there's a problem when the ocean gets into the boat. Amen. (laughs) And therein is the challenge. How can we navigate in this world and not become like it? How can we navigate in the world 
and not become like it? And why is this such an important question? Why is the million dollar question? Well, because it comes down to the effectiveness of our witness, right? The effectiveness of our witness. God or Jesus Christ came to reveal the Father to us. And the question is, can we do the same as John the Baptist? Can we reveal Jesus? There's a great quote in the expositor or one of the books in, uh, in our Sunday school material. And it says this, are we still heralding the coming of the savior of the world today? Do we share the good news with family members, friends, coworkers who have not yet placed their trust and hope in the one who died to pay the penalty of our sin? You know, I like uh, watching a television program called The Voice, right? And the idea behind that show is that uh, at the beginning, at least, of the, the contestants would sing, and, and while they sing, the judges' backs are facing them. And all the judges can uh, do is hear the voice, right? And if the judge likes what they hear, then they press this button, and then their chairs turn around, and they get to see who's singing, right? And if more than one judge turns around, then at some point, it's up to the singer to choose which team he or judge he would like to work with and, and mentor, right? Or, or have that judge mentor them. And I'm also reminded too of another example. And I may have given this to you all before, but I'm reminded of, uh, of a parent sending a child with a message for the other children, right? And they go and they send the, the, the child with a message, but all of a sudden, the child who's the messenger takes the message hostage and it becomes what they want the message to be. And then they go down and they communicate that to the other children. For example, they, you, you can say, you're the father, and you say, go tell, go tell them to come on, come on. Go tell them to come on. And then all of a sudden, the child who's the messenger goes down there and says, daddy said, if y'all don't hurry up and get up here, he's going to whoop y'all and make y'all go to bed early with no dinner for three days. Message changed altogether, right? Took, took the message hostage and it became what they wanted it to be, right? Well, today, if we look at John the Baptist, right? If we look at John the Baptist and, and, the, and the example that he, he gave us, that he left us, see, unlike that child who took the message hostage, John stayed on point, right? He stayed on point and, and he stayed on point and he focused on Christ. And all he wanted to do was promote the message that he was sent with. And that was to prepare the way for Jesus coming, to prepare hearts and minds to receive Christ. 
And also like the voice analogy, he was that voice crying in the wilderness. But when folks turned, he didn't want them to turn to him. He wanted them to turn from their ways, just do a 180 and turn around and turn from the way in which they were traveling. And he wanted them to see Jesus. He was all about pointing them to Jesus, right? John the Baptist's message was, don't see me, see Jesus. Don't see me, see Jesus. See, John the apostle, he wrote this gospel, and he wanted to introduce John the Baptist to us, right? As you saw in the uh, introduction of your expositor, if you read that, it said that Matthew presented Jesus as king. It said that Mark presented him as the servant and redeemer. It says Luke presented him as the perfect man, but John took a whole different turn, right? John started with in the beginning. In the beginning, God, right? The word became flesh. He was talking about Jesus and came to earth to reveal himself to man not only to reveal himself to man, but to save man. And then we go down now to this 15th chapter, this 15th verse, rather. And it says, John testified about him and cried out saying, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. And if I read 16 with it, for of his fullness, we have all received and grace upon grace. From the start, John the Baptist, his, his intention was to draw men's attention, not to him, but to Christ, right? But to Christ, he wanted to draw away the attention from himself and towards Christ. Our expositor had a good quote. It says, an important point, an important point in the ministry of John is that he consistently deflected attention away from himself and toward the Messiah. Away from himself and towards the Messiah. John the Baptist pointed out, if I would paraphrase it, he said, Jesus, in this 15th verse, he says, Jesus See, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm his cousin in the flesh. I'm his cousin, and I'm about six months older than him, too. But I'm here to tell you that he existed before me. He was before me. He is eternal. He is God. And my job is to prepare your hearts and your minds to receive him, to receive him. Why? Because, see, John said, he's, he's got, a, he's got a, a, a message. I have a message that I just cannot alter. And this message that I can't alter, within it, it tells you that Jesus is the fullness and he has grace upon grace. You get grace upon grace with him. And Morris said, God's grace is like the waves of the sea rolling. As one piece of divine grace recedes, it is replaced by another. 
And that's how it is. It's like the, the waves in the sea is grace upon grace. And John the Baptist said, I can't top that message. I'm not going to change that message because it's grace upon grace. I can't figure out a better thing to tell you than grace upon grace. Grace upon grace. It reminds you of uh, Lamentations, that third chapter, verses 22 and 23. It says, the Lord's loving kindness indeed never cease. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Grace upon grace. That's what he gives. You see, if you are his, every morning you can look forward to something. There's not such, there's not a bad day because each day is grace upon grace. And it just comes in like the waves in the sea. Why change that message? It's best to stay on point with that message, right? It, because it's telling you that it supersedes what came before it. What came before it was the law, and they built up the law in Moses. But this supersedes that because now all of a sudden Jesus comes with grace and truth. Jesus Christ is the fullest and most powerful manifestation of God's grace and truth. Colossians 2 and 9 also echoes that. For in him, all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. God came down to be with us. Isn't that amazing? God came down to be with us, to reveal himself to us. There was no other way that we, were to, that we would be able to see him unless he revealed himself to us. Verses 17 and 18 goes on and says, for the law was given through Moses and grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father, he has explained him. Elsewhere in the Gospels, it tells you that Jesus stated that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The only begotten means a unique son, none else like him. He's the only one, the unique son of God, amen? And then to go on in verses 9, 19 through 22, it says, this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent to him priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? And he confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. They asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he said, no. Then they said to him, who are you? so that we may give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John could have easily gotten the big head during this time. He was very popular. Folks were coming to see him from all around. He was in everyone's conversation on the street. Have you heard? Hey, John, have you heard about John? Yeah, he's preaching over on such and such river. 
right on Jordan River. Have you heard about him? You can go and see him right now, face to face. Folks sitting on the riverside, they're just listening to him, and then they're waiting their turn to be baptized. John could have gotten a big head. John could have looked around and said, is this for me? All this for me? Right? He could have gotten a big head, and he could have changed his message. And then he could have focused on himself, right? But see, he was getting so much attention that all of a sudden the Jewish authorities said, wait a minute, wait a minute. We need to go down and investigate. We need to go in and examine what's going on. But John continued to, to, to pound the message. He continued to pound the message to stay on point. Even in the, if you would look once again at that 19th verse, it starts with, this is the testimony of John. You can, you, can, you can substitute that word testimony for this is the record, or this is the witness, or this is the martyr. Martyr. Martyr has to do with death, right? And that's what John would eventually do and suffer. Death for his testimony. Death for his faith, but yet he continued to pound the message to stay faithful to it. He didn't let the big head get to him, and he didn't let the critics get to him neither, right? If, if you were for him or against him, John did not deviate from the message. Are you the Christ? I am not the Christ. Are you Elijah? I am not. Are you the prophet? No. One writer said, look how his, his wording just kept going like down and down and down. He just used less words. It's almost as if he was just irritated with them. Right? I am not the Christ. I am not. No. You're going to keep me off point. You ain't going to get me off point. I am going to give you the message that I was sent with. And this message is that Jesus is the Savior. Jesus is the Savior. Amen? And his examiners, of course, they got frustrated, right? They were like, hey, brother, you've got to give us more than just these negative answers. We got to come back with an answer, right? We got to come back with the answer. See, we represent the authority. We represent the theological and, and, and ritual authorities around here right? And you can't be operating your baptism business without license. You can't do that. We have to license it. So, so what do you have to say about yourself, John? Why are you baptizing? And on top of that, you make matters worse. You're baptizing Jewish people. You don't do that. You, don't, you, you baptize Gentiles, people who are not Jewish. But you up here baptizing Jewish people, you, you all messed up. You're messing up the order, John. You're messing up stuff. What, what's your authority? Where does it come from? What's up with you, man? Right? And in response, John, he, he didn't get tied tongue, right? He didn't get intimidated or shy. He stuck to the message. And the message he expressed was in verse 23. He said, I am a voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as Isaiah the prophet said. See, 
John didn't get like the Moses syndrome, right? Moses syndrome is like, what, what? I, don't, I can't speak. I can't talk. I don't know what to say. I, you know, I stutter, right? But John said, no, I'm going to just use the word of the word to give them, right? Because he came from Isaiah, the 40th chapter and the third through fifth verse. And he just simply used the word on them. And he said, I'm not going to try to come all sophisticated. I'm just going to give you what I know, right? And what I know is I am the voice crying in the wilderness. And I'm telling you, hey, get straight. Because he's coming, right? He's coming. So, so, so the question is, church, where's your witness? How are you doing with your witness? Like, regardless of feelings of inadequacy and regardless of being popular or unpopular, regardless of critics or enemies, where, where's your witness today? Uh, how's your witness? How you doing with that witness today? Are, are you, once again, as the uh, quoted earlier, are, are we still heralding, crying out, right? Crying out the coming of the Savior today? Do we share the good news with family members, friends, and coworkers who have not yet placed their trust and hope in the one who died to pay the penalty for our sin? Are you telling folks? Are you letting folks know what's up? Are you preparing the way for the word to come into their hearts simply by being a witness and letting them know who Jesus is? Yes, John the Baptist was an important witness, but so are you. But so are we. Amen. And, and, and are we staying on point? with the message or are we altering the message? See, you can alter the message not only by what you say, but how you live, amen? You can, you can alter the message with your mouth, but you can also alter the message with your actions. See, don't see me, see Jesus. Do folks see you looking like Jesus? walking like Jesus, living like Jesus, because that's a witness as well. That's a witness as well. If they see you in, in, in situations that don't look like Jesus, you're messing with the message. You're messing with the message. You're altering the message. You're like that child that goes down and they simply have one message and they change it to a message that total, that's totally different just by the way they're living. So, so I should ask you, how are you walking today? How are you talking today? How are you living today? How, how's your actions? Are, are they witnessing and are they pointing people to Christ? Are they pointing people to Christ? As I stated to you all before, and I'll say it again, it's an old saying that says that your actions are speaking so loud, I can't hear what you're saying, right? Your actions are so loud, I can't hear what you're saying. You see it in relationships and everything, as you say you love me, but you're, but you know, hey, uh, <laughs> what you're showing me, 
ain't matching what you're saying, right? What you, you say, hey, Jesus said you love me. Yeah, you, your mouth, that's what your mouth say, right? I remember when I was working with kids and they say, but I was doing this. I was doing, and I was like, that's what your mouth say. That's what your mouth said. But what I saw you do <laughs> was something different. So that's what your mouth say. Is Jesus up there saying that's what your mouth say to us, church? Because our actions are changing the message. Don't get off point today. Don't get off point today, church. See, John is showing us that we need to be a consistent witness for Christ. Everything he did was trying to point people to Christ, pointing people to Christ. Everything that he said, everything he did, I mean, it didn't matter in terms of his popularity. It didn't matter in terms of critics or anything else. He stayed focused on the message. And if God is preparing disciples today, then I'm quite sure it would please his heart to have faithful disciples, to have faithful disciples. Are we faithful disciples, church, on today? That's the challenge to us through John, the first chapter. How's your witness, church? How's your witness? Maybe you blame it on the pandemic. Maybe you say, I can't get out there and talk to nobody because of because of uh, Rona. You know, Rona got me quiet. I can't, I can't open my mouth because of Rona. You know, the only people I'm seeing are the folks that I'm living with. So I can't witness, right? I can't witness because I've seen, but, but you know, some witnessing goes on in the home too, by the way. Amen. So, you know, they, you know, uh, they say that statistically, you know, uh, uh, Folks are beating up people in the home, that doesn't rose, and, and people ain't treating people right in the home, that doesn't, that doesn't increase and everything else. But, but my point is, is that there should be some witnessing going on in the home. But you can't also, you can't just like say, well, witnessing is over because of COVID. No, no. See, every time you're out there, every time you go out there in the stores and everything else, Somebody should see. <laughs> it's something different about you. It's just something different about your spirit. I mean, it's just something that's different about you. It's something that I see in you that I didn't see in others, that I don't see in others. There's just something different about you. It, I don't see your smile, but by the, just by the way you said hi to me, it just seemed like it just had Jesus on it. Right? Right? It, it wasn't like, you know, all of a sudden, I don't, I don't see your smile. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, you, you know, I say hi to you and you just say hi. But it seems like it's just saying, hi, I'm a, oh, man, I love you today. And don't you know Jesus loves you too? It just seemed like your hi just said all of that, right? It just seems like your hi just said all of that. There are ways God is not shutting down his word. And God is not shutting down the fact that people need him. How's your witness today, church? And for those who don't know him, well, I'm letting you know today, this is, 
this is this is uh, uh, our telling you today that you need a relationship with him because these blessings, these, this grace upon grace, this grace, grace and truth that we are experiencing as his children, you can experience it as well. And you can wake up every morning with a new grace, right? Every morning with new mercies, you can see day after day after day. And, and, and here's the deep thing. You've been experiencing it already. But now you can understand who's been giving it to you. You can understand who's been giving it to you. You can have a relationship with him. You can form a relationship with him. And you can understand that now, rather than just being a taker, you can understand who's the giver. And you can be in a relationship with him. And that's what we're telling you today. Stop just taking. <laughs> Stop just receiving, but now be in a relationship with the one that's been blessing you all along. Don't think that you've been getting yourself by. You haven't. Don't think that you've been waking yourself up every morning. Don't fool yourself. Don't think that you've been providing for yourself. No, God's been good to you when you've been ignoring him. When you've been ignoring him, He's still been good to you. And all we're saying today is give him credit. <laughs> give him what he's due. And what he's due is you. He's due you. You should give him your all. That's what we're saying today. You should give him your all because he's given you his son. He's given you Jesus Christ. Amen. And if you want to make that decision on today, if you want to be a better witness today, amen, we have folks that will be available after dismissal. And they can help you along. For those who are out on Zoom, please don't hesitate to call. Because once again, we are available and we can help you through that process. Because the aim today is still focusing on Jesus Christ. And when we focus on Jesus Christ, what we want to do is say, come to him, come to him, come to Jesus, come to Jesus now. Don't let this moment pass you by. Choose ye this day who you will serve. Choose ye this day who you will serve. Amen? Amen. God bless you, church. And we will now go into our communion service.